0: Two, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The rift release of Age of Conan, an uh, unsuspecting population, prompted their revival. These four MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes. You can listen to The M Team. This Listeners. is this channel And welcome to episode seventy-two of Channel Massive.
1: Yay!
0: Yay! I can hear the virtual bells chiming. (laughs) Yes, they're (laughs) ringing for us. It is Thursday, December eighteenth. You have a special dynamic duo episode queued up. That's right. It's just Mark and Noah.
1: I will be Robin to Noah's Batman. (laughs)
0: <laughs> or vice versa uh, yeah <laughs> we haven't particularly figured out our role-playing yeah. assignments yet
1: <laughs> our cosplay for this evening <laughs> he came dressed as a wookie and <laughs> i don't
0: know i have a dog that looks like an ewok it, it kind he of does. all fit together he really does have an ewok dog yeah that's why i named him yub yub yep my little punk dog <laughs> We won't be talking about Star Wars Galaxies tonight, though. Sorry. No, but we will be talking about some very other important games, such as Myst Online and Wizard 101.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only the cream of the crop here, Joe Massive.
0: Yeah. So we could get some more flame comments and flame mails talking about how we're playing games that are... So in the past, and yeah. so out of touch.
1: Like the mud, um, the creator's shadow. We'll, be, we'll be spend a lengthy, se- lengthy segment talking about that.
0: Uh. Yeah, well, No City of Heroes, that was our previous. No,
1: yeah, that in was. In the past. We won't, and- we won't be discussing that game, even though it still has a bigger subscriber base than
0: most of the <laughs> <I know. laughs> So for tonight's show, we have a very simple, compact offering. We have what we're playing, which we always do, that's easy. Yep. And then we will get into Twig, the weekend gaming. The Twig. And then wrap it up with Blog Wisteria. we have any email? No email. No email.
1: I mean, we had some emails, but they were usually answered one by one. and Yeah. You
0: know. Sometimes Channel Massive's mail, which is mail at channelmassive.com, M-A-I-L. M-A-I-L. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we act kind of like tech support reading support. Actually, somebody did write in about sci-fi book recommendations. Yes,
1: I didn't respond to that one, though, yet. You didn't? I have to do that. Did anyone respond to The Empire to question? No, uh-uh. Oh, well, we no. might be able to. I yeah, I guess we could bring, bring that one up.
0: I guess okay. we'll have a
1: very short mailbag.
0: We'll have a little book reader's corner <laughs> readers for our
1: mailbag.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'll be before our twig, and then we'll wrap it up with the terrific blogosteria that implicates all of you MMO players yes. in its clutches. Very important. Yes, it kind of mixes MMOs with LinkedIn. Yeah, your future depends upon it, really. Your survival. I'm
1: afraid so. Emergent site. <laughs> Emergent <laughs> site <laughs> and
0: mobability. Mobability. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll it into what we're playing. Bars, no handlebars no handlebars i can ride my bike with no handlebars no handlebars no handlebars look at me look at me hands in the air like it's good to be alive and i'm a famous rapper even when the past are all crooked i could show you we how we to do sometimes I- really? <laughs> we have <laughs> been we're been not recording to- podcasts we play
1: games yes mind games Games. Fun games. <laughs> Computer <funky> games. games.
0: <laughs> Reindeer games. <laughs> so, Mark usually does not like talking first about what he's playing.
1: Yeah, because I go into brain lock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, are, you, are you the eldest co-host of Channel Massive? I am currently. So, if we go into an order of age. Yep. Then, okay. If
1: it was beauty before age, it would always be Jason.
0: Yes, Yo. he's quite vangloriously beautiful. <laughs> with that,
1: with that superhero chin and chiseled chiseled features, rock hard abs, and <laughs> yeah, of course that angelic halo it shines yeah. the light down upon us,
0: even in the dark. You know, even the in the dark, out, it's yeah. Great.
1: <laughs> and don't forget his platinum microphone or whatever. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, ever since he got his achievement now, whenever he records with us, he has a platinum headset with a platinum microphone. It's true. To represent his achievement in Rock Band too. He carries it with him everywhere.
1: Yes, it's quite comical to see him at the convenience store
0: <laughs> explaining to all the, the mere mortals <laughs> yeah. his little sash that he wears with his little badges <laughs> yeah. that he's sewn on look at this badge man it's a platinum microphone if <laughs> you seen
1: one of those before I not think so it's like a combination of like a Klingon battle sash and a Boy Scout merit badge sash <laughs> yeah. it's really cool
0: oh so, I'm sure that he's working on that tonight um, as usual um, <laughs>
1: polishings we will of course never reveal to the listeners why he's absent tonight
0: (laughs) 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 let's just say it's sinister yes very sinister so what have we been playing this last week i put a lot of time with my friend into dead space last night and then a little bit of time into fable 2 both terrific games played a lot of Guinness Book of Wait Guinness World Records, the video game, which is oh, a God. mini game compo- compilation on Wii and DS, and it's actually a lot of fun. You, you know, the way I started out my review over on Nintendo Jo is the last thing that you think we would need is another mini game compilation because it has <laughs> lots of them. Oh. But this is really cool because they're based on really surreal, real world records, such as most number of cockroaches eaten in a minute, or oh. longest time you can balance a truck on your head, or (laughs) how many knives can you throw in a minute? How fast can you eat a plane? There really is somebody... How fast can you eat a plane? Yeah. There's someone from 1950-something, late 50s on, whose stomach acidity was so powerful he was able to eat metal Wow, other fabrics and, and stuff that are normally not consumable by humans. It's the only documented case. And he's eaten all sorts of things from chairs, to computers, to a small Cessna. So there's actually a game that's based around, you have this big cartoony jumbo plane on there, and you have to bang on it a whole bunch of through remotes, to knock it into a piece that you can consume, and then when there's a piece that gets thrown on your plate, you have to go chomp, jump, chomp, 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 <laughs> and chomp it up, and then you bang in the plane again to get another piece. Or the cockroaches, it's really gross, it's kind of like something out have Saw, there's the the kid has a, his head in a box, and he's wearing goggles. Oh. And there's this plate Ten cockroaches oh, on it, man. and everything really in the Guinness World Records video game is about getting these things done with in speed. Uh-huh. So what you do is you point and click a cockroach, and you bring it up to his mouth, and he opens his mouth, and you drop it in. And then you shake the nunchuck around for him to chew the cockroach <laughs> up. And if you don't drop it directly in his mouth, it'll land on his head and it'll start crawling around on his face. And he'll oh, like be man. squirming and looking around and moving his head as the cockroach crawls around on him. And the more cockroaches that he eats, whenever he opens his mouth, there's all these additional green tendrils of oh. cockroach guts in it. It's just great. <laughs> it's, oh, that's hilarious. There's There's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of really fun games. Okay, so I played that. I also played... A game based off of Neopets. I don't know if any of our listeners are into Neopets. It's an online virtual pet kind of microtransaction service. You can have a virtual pet for free, or you can register a paying account, and there's this whole world, and it's evolved over many years.
1: These are, of course, Penthouse Pets. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no? No. no. <laughs> but the game that they made for DS and Wii is based on Othello. It's really cool. Oh, I like so Othello. So it's basically Puzzle Quest, mm-hmm. but instead of using Bejeweled mechanics, it's Othello. Oh, wow. The difficulty isn't quite as hard, th- and there is experience points that you gain, but there's not as much that you put into leveling up your character. Like in Puzzle Quest, it's cool because you can use experience points to create new new abilities or new spells or more hit points for your character as you go through the game. And there's, of course, the big epic story, and every oh, single yeah. thing is solved with a round of Bejeweled. In Neopets Puzzle Adventure, the Othello... I think Othello is a lot harder than Bejeweled ever was. Yeah. And the game designers recognize that, so the way that they get around that is the difficulty of the AI is set at normal, normal oh, or yeah. easy most of the time, so it's not too bad but then, on top of that, if you do a combo where you turn a whole several rows to your color piece at once, then a random thing, oh, this is such a horrible cheat. That's but like a, a shockwave will happen. No, no, Ugh. it's okay. You can actually do that. You could hypothetically put a, an Othello piece down and then turn a whole bunch of pieces in a vertical line, your color. And then a diagonal line and a horizontal line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Provided that you have another piece at the yeah, end of each of those points. that's right. I, I mean, that I remember. So if you get a combo of those all three together, then a shockwave will happen. what happens is one random other piece of the other player's pieces will flip to your color. Oh, wow. And it will set off any combinations or lines of that, which is, it's a horrible gimmick, but it makes the game it's something that you can progress through if you're not mm-hmm. really good at Othello. And I love Othello. I've just never been really good at it. Oh, So, that made it pretty fun. So, I talked about Wii and T S games. I also played Warhammer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, quite a bit. That was cool.
0: We had a great time on Monday. We would love to have any of the listeners who are actually still playing the game to join us. Yeah. Pull yourself away from that silly Lich King. Come come to Dark Crag, Because we know that Warhammer works. It's not like asking to play Age of Conan. No. where It wasn't working on half of everybody's systems. Yeah, this This seems to work. And... I just cannot get enough of the scenarios. Yeah, I know.
1: After all the bitching from all the people about scenario grinding, it's like, man, I love the scenarios. I, I It's I, really fun. I like the quests, too, and I love the public quest. The public but, quests are really cool, but too. But of yeah. all of them, all the features so far, I, well, I guess the open RVR stuff, like the keep sieging, yeah, which I haven't, haven't done yet. But yeah. I thought we'd do that when we got to level 10 or 11, so we were up at the top of the you know the ladder kind of so to speak yeah instead of at the bottom
0: (laughs) yeah i'd rather do that too (laughs) but
1: the scenario stuff is just awesome it's so
0: fun it gives an objective and what i like is there's a bit of unpredictability to it i think a lot of mmos just the way that they're designed anymore aside from getting ganked they're rather predictable experiences. You know that you can stay on a linear path yeah. or you can macro yourself into hell or spreadsheet and everything else. Mm-hmm. And you can create a very controlled experience. And all you really have to worry about is going into areas where other players can kill you. Right. If you're even playing under that rule set or if you ever even go into a zone that mm-hmm. has that. Right. Whereas Warhammer... Create small, digestible scenarios that are unpredictable because you don't know what type of players you're going to get grouped with. No, you God. and you're stuck with them whether you like it or not. Yeah,
1: if, like and, as we began our night. With,
0: yeah, <laughs> it, it seems so often we're on—we're either bad players or we really do have bad luck, and we, or or maybe just the evil side has worse players because the good side always seems to be more organized or just have more higher level folks. Yeah, they always seem us. to be.
1: They, they don't seem to do the scenario stuff unless they're, like, level 8 or higher. Whereas we get on, and we're, like, two of the people towards the top end, and then everybody else is level 1 or 2, and they're buck naked. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> all right, at least put your clothes on if you're going to come in at that low of a level. And then they complain about not getting healed, and it's like, it's a waste of time. <laughs> it's like a two-hit Why life span. Why would I heal you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, and you you can just... Keep queuing them up, provided that you're on a server that has yeah. enough of a population, and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And then when you're not doing that, you can just jump into a public quest or just run around. I've. It's really made. It's added a spark for me to MMO gaming that unpredictable spark, that arcade, quick rush type of gameplay. Yeah. And it's not hugely penalizing because if you die, you respawn. Yeah. But you're rewarded based on your performance at the end, and you're not worrying about like, oh my gosh, all my equipment is broken and needs to be repaired, or oh, I have to run across fifty thousand miles to find my corpse. Yeah, no, there's, get there's, the your armor's not
1: totally. Get, you don't have to spend fifty gold on armor yeah. repairs, or
0: or you don't have to worry about finding your corpse and you're in the middle of a dungeon that you couldn't that you <laughs> barely survived getting into, and now yeah. you can't get out of, yeah. and you keep dying over and over, yeah. so, and that's, I'm not saying that that component of WoW or other art MMOs is, I think it's more of a necessary evil, I don't think it's really bad, it just comes with the territory, but I like not having to deal with that a lot. Yeah, it's refreshing, it's like, like, you know, a,
1: a breath of fresh air, it's just...
0: Yeah, it's just more traditional game mechanics, you, everybody dies in games, and you get brought back to life, and MMOs are just so much more of a penalty yeah. most of the time when you die, and it just takes some of the fun out of doing things. And,
1: and there doesn't seem to be any time sinks that they built into it that I can discern.
0: Yeah, which is good. I, I wish that Age of Conan had halved the number of levels that they tried to put, plug into their game because I think yeah. it would have been a much more focused and driven experience where you wouldn't feel like, well, the first 20 levels are good. <laughs> yeah. The next and 60 aren't so much. <laughs> yeah, aren't so
1: good. And then, oh... Now that it's live, let's break it yeah. <laughs> irrevocably.
0: <laughs> not yeah. as bad as the new in the NGE new gaming experience oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars MMO, but mm,
1: not so good experience. <laughs> yeah. Did you um was there any like main memory you got out of the the battleground uh, or the scenarios that we played? Well, yeah. Point?
0: I I I I can tell what you're talking I I think I know what you're <laughs> suggesting. There's this one map and everything in Warhammer, just as with many and most, has lots of goofy names. And unless I was like a diehard lore fan, I can't remember any of them for the life of me. But it's like Eklund or mm-hmm. something. Is that what it's called? Gates of Eklund. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I <yeah>. <laughs> You lore whore. <laughs> <laughs> so all that it is, it's basically a castle. Uh, a long shoebox of a castle with three control points. And... Board starts out on one side of the castle, and order starts on the other side, and it's very easy to run to the closest point, and then the battle in the middle, the middle point. And Mark, like some kind of evil host, would keep queuing up that scenario, which (laughs) I remember when I first played it, and I got my butt kicked, I'm like, this is still fun, I like it, because I just really understood it, Mm -hmm. and I liked the design, it was a lot like an Unreal Tournament. Yeah, it
1: was really causing like flashbacks for me, of Unreal Tournament, and...
0: Yeah, definitely like a lot three. like that. Yeah, and I just felt I'm like, if we just played enough, we'll win. But I never have been in a winning example of the game. The only time that I've heard about that scenario being won would be when Mark, when we start up, inevitably Mark will queue up scenarios just for himself, not for the party. <laughs> that's exactly how and it then started. Huh? He'll go into that scenario and he'll be like, "Wow, we totally won <laughs> domination." Never see it, and then when I join, we totally get our butt kicked over and that's, over. Sometimes within a matter of minutes. Yeah, that's true. And then at long last, we were in a group that for once seemed as powerful as all the order teams that we've been up against, yeah. as organized, as motivated. And we totally owned them. We beat it in like two minutes. Yeah,
1: it was so one sided. It wasn't actually fun. I mean, it was nice to win. Well, after as many times as we lost, yeah, it I mean, was, there was like definitely a there validation a feeling, but it was like. Wow, that was a steamrolling there.
0: Now we know what it feels like to be on the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was hilarious. They were they must have been composed of like nobody higher than level 5 and and then they were just all over the place and half of them were naked and <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong, I like the naked characters but... looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Except they were ordered or yeah. whatever, yeah. Yeah.
0: And would you not it's it just perfect coincidence. In our moment of glory, and we're looking at the spoils of our victory, all of a sudden the server (laughs) crashes. Yeah, it never came back that night. It didn't. (laughs) I was like, did I do something wrong? Did something change in my computer? And and I'm like, and then I kept trying to sign back in, and I couldn't find my server.
1: And it was all gray. And then yeah, yeah, I was at the very
0: bottom of the list. I started trying to resort the list. I'm like, where is where is it? And I kept throwing at the bottom, gray, deactivated. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. It was
1: hilarious. It was like every other server in the game was just fine, but ours was like yeah. broken. That's what happened. We broke it. Like, it was like, does not compute.
0: They should not win. Should not do that destruction should never win. I'm it the Curse of Conan. Yeah, maybe. Because Conan was all about technical difficulties in our yeah. experience. Oh, so yeah. So the Ghost of Conan or the Curse of Conan has followed That's us into Warhammer. It. Yeah. And... If that doesn't bother you, we will bring it with us to other MMOs (laughs) and take your MMO down too. (laughs) We're already
1: halfway into Wrath of the Lich King, so
0: (laughs) at least one of us. Watch out! Yeah. (laughs) So, what have you been doing? Do you have any exciting Wrath of the Lich King experiences?
1: Well, just to follow up on the Warhammer scenario thing first, um, when we played, my my thing that I was start I I like really reluctantly chose a healer for this um because mm-hmm. i I just don't seem to have a healer mentality, but the um disciple of Cain is such a like a like a battle healer, you know you actually have to in order to heal better, you have to be wailing on people yeah i mean i mean to really effectively do it, and I'm just starting to come to grips with the character and i like actually started to feel competent this time finally when we were playing in those scenarios like actually not just healing myself but healing people around me with my with my function keys and stuff especially if they look like they were near death it was funny though because i made notes of the ones who were like level two or one or whatever and And i would skip them and i'd be like yes you died again (laughs) why don't you just leave you know but uh but yeah i felt like i was actually kind of coming into my own which makes me really because you know, with my main character on, on Warhammer, which is like a level, well, what is it? level twenty, god, four or something like 26 maybe, I haven't played played that character in so long, <laughs> yeah. but that's like, you know, in Tier 3 and, and, you know, so usually the players are a little better and the battles are a little bit more close or, or totally lopsided, I guess, it just depends, but I'm like, wow, it'll be interesting to see what we're like in Tier 2, now that I'm starting to feel a little bit more, you know, competent, and then... Yeah. The other thing that was enjoyable was those, for some reason, Order that night seemed to have, like, every every other character was a warrior priest, and and we had this one that was just really screwing us up, and it was Gosh, fun yeah. because we met on the battlefield and like it was like it was like one of those like out of a movie where like there's this huge battle but but like two people like from each side go and meet in the middle and start fighting while everybody's <laughs> dying around and we could not kill each other yeah <laughs> I think I remember I was like we've got to have been fighting for two minutes here and yeah, we just yeah I came up
0: and ran up and joined you yeah I was like thank nothing god nothing <laughs> yeah. I
1: was like and I was like I, you know I had enough time I was actually texting you like I'm like I can't kill this guy but he can't kill me me either <laughs> yeah and i was <laughs> glad because he totally
0: whooped my butt a couple times yeah that
1: guy was annoying as hell but yes. yeah you when you came in with your little daggers he he went down pretty fast after yeah. that i was like
0: yes finally yeah the first the original part of the evening i i've had, had a fuzzy flashback while mark was talking was not quite as happy i was like i quit i'm like this sucks oh, yeah. he was why am i playing about. yeah <laughs> i was being very Theatrical, of course, I wasn't yeah. being very serious about it, but it was just really demoralizing. It just, we were getting our butts kicked. I couldn't even last for like 30 seconds against anything. And then that I, I, I have not learned to appreciate the collision detection in that game. Oh yeah. Especially in the scenarios because I'll go out and then like three guys will get around me and gangbang me and I can't get away. And then I'm just dead like that. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, this collision detection sucks because I've never been able to use it to my advantage.
1: Yeah, we were. I think we were getting it towards the end though, because that guy, that one um, other warrior priest, was trying to run away, and like three of us stacked ourselves right where the corner was, so he he like ran into us and couldn't budge, and <laughs> then he had to go around us, and we were all just wailing <laughs> on it.
0: And by the time he got around,
1: he died. So that was pretty funny. But I
0: mean, granted, it's more realistic and stuff. It too, is. You, know? you
1: shouldn't be able to run through people. Yeah, you know. But I'm spoiled by
0: by yeah. the official <laughs> scenarios. Oh, totally. For examples of physics. So how about what? Wrath of the Lich King?
1: So I've been playing my warlock on that one, and I'm at level seventy-five. So I'm I've got five more levels to go to be an eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't been progressing incredibly fast, but I've been definitely stopping to smell the roses, so to speak. Yeah. I, there's not a single quest I've skipped. If I get to the part where I have, usually there'll be like a whole slew of group quests. So I'll call in my friends that are that are on, and we'll we'll go knock them out. Usually they're just helping me out, but. That's so. That's been fun. I think I've seen. In fact, like I'm getting achievements for seeing every single thing in the zone that you can possibly see, and then I do in the I'm doing the um, dungeons and everything. So, in that, I'm I'm really having fun. Just really getting as much of out of the content as possible. You know, I suppose if I really wanted to go nuts, I'd go back and do all the quests in the other starter zone for landing on Northrend because i I landed on the. Oh, I can't remember the name of the one I've been <laughs> That was two zones ago. But, um, you know, there's there's a whole other one that I haven't explored, except for I had to go there for a couple quests. So so that's been pretty enjoyable. I haven't really played my Death Knight since. I've just been focusing on my Warlock and using my um, Demon Form panic button quite a bit. And <laughs> I tried to do it to two raid bosses the other night, which I had willfully underestimated in Utgard Keep and... So that's like a level 70, 72 dungeon, and I went in and it was a level 75. And so, Wait, so it lets you, you know, oh, with a party, you know. And they were all level 70s, and we were just blowing through all the other stuff. And then you get to this room with two bosses, and I was like... It's the worst that can happen, you know. <laughs> we wiped because <laughs> I ran into the middle of them and popped my demon form with my immolation thing, and
0: like it was some kind of invincibility. Star. Yeah, I just Ding. thought.
1: I just thought. You know, everything else has been so simple, and and it just we you know, we got mowed down. So I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I underestimated that. But if I don't cause a wipe in a dungeon, it's just not a good night. <laughs> I didn't fear anyone, so... <laughs> at least got over that. And turned off cleave on my my fell guard guy, so I didn't, like, draw aggro from surrounding mobs that had been sapped. So,
0: But, uh, yeah, I've just been really That's enjoying good. it. I, I, I recall fear and, and mob aggression was... A, a, a bit r- of a problem. A frequent experience while playing with yeah. you.
1: <laughs> and then, um... I won't spoil it for anyone because we've been kind of complaining in previous podcasts about people who spoil,
0: you know, games for people. Yeah, and but Ark even wrote a post about that, yeah, too.
1: And, oh, yeah, and Ark had that great post. So there's this um, there's this five-minute cutscene that happens right around level 74, I think, as you, you get towards the end of one of the zones. And it was really enjoyable, and it was cool because it came out of, from out of nowhere, and then it spawned this big battle that you go into, that's like a 60-minute series of quest chains, and you have to battle wow. to capture a capital. A uh, capital. You have to. Well, you have to capture back a city, um, for one of the factions. So that was that was kind of cool and unexpected, and I I really enjoyed that. You know, because you actually felt like that thing that's supposed to happen in MMOs, where you there's feel a like story. you change something, and there's yeah. a story. And then I, I noticed I'm on this really long quest chain, too, that's really cool. So that's been progressing and unwi- unwinding. and But the five-minute um cutscene was pretty cool to, to watch. It wasn't like their CGI thing. It was in-game graphics. Yeah. But it was still really cool. So,
0: yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that was something that really stuck out to me in GameSpot's review of the game was that the reviewer was really impressed that there was some... Maybe you know what he'll be talking about because he didn't... Specify out of interest of not spoiling things, but there's some quest that you go on that significantly changes the landscape, and it yeah. stays that way from that point forward. And you can have other people that are around you who haven't gone on the quest, and it still looks normal to them. And they have no it looks idea how it was, right, or it is, or whatever. I don't know how to describe it, past, yeah. past or present. But for you, if you've gone through the quest, it remains changed, which sounds really cool. And I hope that more MMOs do that. Yeah, and
1: I, they, they, they. There's that going on, there's that mechanic going on, and then there's this other mechanic of heavy use of instancing for, you know, where they get h- huge groups of people involved in an instance, you know, to, to take take on some objective. And so they're, like, kind of like outdoor raids or in the case of, you know, there'll be like a, a scripted encounter with heavy instancing. And, like, right when you first start out with the Death Knight, you notice that there's a lot of instancing going on there like this group of people are at this part of this quest this group of people aren't so they're not there you know but you both if you were chatting with each other you'd both be in the same place but you're not seeing each other kind of like the zones in City of Heroes you know yeah,
0: yeah. So,
1: but it it's pretty seamless and it works
0: that's cool. Rather
1: than being annoying, like in Age of Conan, where you're like, I'm standing right by the fountain. Oh, and God. you're like, I'm there, too. And then you're like, oh, wait, okay, I'll go join you. And then like you never show up, but then the game crashes, and then you come back, and you're <sighs> right where you wanted to be.
0: You know? I did not understand. And like sometimes you have to go into a building or out of a building to make it yeah. work. And yeah, you'd be like, I'm right so in front of the goofy. inn. And I'm like,
1: I don't see you. So I go into the inn, I come out, there you are. Oh, Yeah, okay. it's so weird. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, it looks like we're on the same server. It's like, what? Meanwhile,
1: two other members of our party have disappeared. Beard, vanished <laughs> yeah. into thin air. We're like, wow.
0: <laughs> I mean, I like that kind of stuff as a Star Trek plotline, but not, for, not as for a gameplay mechanic. <laughs> yeah. So
1: it seems like they've gotten that down in this expansion, and, and I have, you know, I've only worked through, well, as non-raid content as far as just, you know, outdoor and dungeon stuff. I've worked through probably a third of it, you know, Yeah. plus the Death Knight stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you know, what else they have up their sleeve or how well they realize yeah. the use of that technology. Yeah. Which I will report to you in a vague sense, so as not to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I'll probably finish it at, well after the, the most people are already done with it. So,
0: and also in the show notes of this episode or, or however you'd like to contribute, if you want to write it to mail com M-A-I-L. I, a lot of our listeners and readers are really into the minds of Mariah and Several of you have shared some of your general impressions. Julian wrote a pretty detailed breakdown of how he was feeling about it. We're still definitely interested in hearing about that game. None of us, unfortunately, are playing that title, but I know it's something that's really big that's going on and really exciting a lot of you out there who are LOTRO fans. And we we don't know about it or really hear about it unless we hear from you, so feel free to keep sending us in comments and telling us what you like about it or some kind of really cool experience that... Or, or story that really has set that game apart from the other ones that we've been playing.
1: Yeah, we'd love to hear that. And I'm pre—I'll take—I'll take on a prediction right now that Jason Ooh. will grow weary of Warhammer and will reactivate his his um Lotro account, but won't tell us for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, he'll he'll maybe he'll taunt us with like. I'm playing something, but I'm not going to tell you until such and such date because he's done that with us in the past. Teased us with whatever he's playing. I I
1: bet he'll sneakily be trying it out. He's got to. Yeah.
0: He's the the most viable fan initially of it. Yeah, he got us all to play it during that one game day. One day we all played it for one day. Yeah. We were like,
1: uh, yeah. I've done this before. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's pretty much our weekend gaming. I've played no arcade games, I've mastered vector tower defense so there's nothing left (laughs) for me in this
0: world so now we're gonna go into our book corner oh yes
1: let's put on our glasses mark's book club coming up
0: (laughs) (laughs) from the book the word is spoken whispers from forgotten place of a mail bag this episode we're going to have a Mark's Book Corner (laughs) because the feedback that we received at mail at channelmaster.com M-A-I-L was actually a book recommendation. Yeah. And it's funny I was looking at this email earlier and each of us has had things that we've been passionate about in, in terms of what we want to include in the show or not include in the show and never. Jason's usually the most vocal i think Mm -hmm. quick to express his opinion and i'm not sure if he'd be interested in having this on the show or not but i could very easily say oh come on we're not gonna put this on the show (laughs) but he's not here so (laughs) so even if that were his opinion or not we're gonna do it anyways because i think it's really interesting adam wrote us and he says i think i've heard mark mention ender's game on the podcast a couple times i thought that and empire by orson scott card were great books any other recommendations take it away mark Okay. Well, I'm not
1: the greatest source of sci-fi book knowledge, but I read a lot of books when I was a kid, and and so some of them stuck with me. And then I, I kind of, like over the last 10 years, have kind of dabbled back in science fiction a little bit. So I'll give you a list of books that I've liked that are either really, really old and are like classic reading pretty much, or they're kind of new and totally obscure, or they're old, old, old like pulp um, comic type titles that were made into novels at some point, but are so obscure that you'll find them on Amazon, but they'll probably be used. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a lot. Don't be daunted. It's just a, I'm just the categories are just kind of funny. So, um, yeah, I was a big fan of Arsen Scott Card's um, Ender's Game book, and I didn't. I started to read. Uh, the next one by him, which I don't remember what it is now, and I, I... Speaker for the Dead? Yeah, that's the one, and I... Of course, no one knows. And <laughs> and uh, I just didn't make it to the end. I don't know if some real-life stuff happened or something, and it got shelved and never pulled well, off it's the That's a shelf. really
0: different style.
1: Yeah, it was just like, whoa, this... I thought it'd be kind of a continuation, and instead it was yeah. very different. I mean, but. if you
0: really like Ender's Game, and you want to have more like that, and you haven't read the Bean books, the Bean books are what I understand would be the next best thing because Speaker for the Dead and the two books that follow that, which is like some word about killing a race, Xenocide or something like that. Yeah. There's some other one that I can't remember. Those are in a different style. They're almost like a standalone trilogy that's separate from Ender's Game, but then the story from Ender's Game is repeated within the Bean novels, at least the first one. It's like the story of Ender's Game except told from Bean's perspective and then going on off into a spinoff of Beans' later adventures. Right. But, I digress. Oh, so anyway. <laughs>
1: um, so, I would recommend some of these books if you haven't already read them. It depends on what kind of sci-fi aficionado you are. But, um, the first one I would say is read read the book Dune. Even if you've seen the movie or the two um, miniseries, TV shows that the sci-fi channel did. I, I just don't think... I mean, it was a great movie. It was a cool vision and everything. And the... The Sci-Fi Channel miniseries were certainly comprehensive, yeah. but there's just something about going to the real book and reading it, and just getting all the all the little backstory when when um, Frank Herbert kind of digresses and brings you into the you know this was the Butlerian Jihad, and, and that's why they have MinTats now because people have forsaken um, you know promoting uh, computers to th- the level of artificial intelligence. Because of fear or whatever, so it really goes into you know a whole bunch of details. You'll hear about this thing called the Orange Catholic Bible a gazillion times and be like, "Is that like the one that's in the hotel drawer that's really small, or what, what is that?" <laughs> but uh, I think it's just really good reading and it moves along really well. And then after you finish that, you can I I think you can think about it and see if you would like to you know read the rest of the books. Which now there's a gazillion because there's like a Brian Herbert who's continuing on his father's legacy with yeah. a bunch of little kind of side books that talk about the different factions or different time periods um the other one that is has been brought to the film but i just think needs to be read is 2001 by Arthur C Clarke um if you watch the movie nobody i know that didn't read the book ever understood what the hell happened at the end and the truth is that even though it's a great movie they didn't have the technology to do the special effects to actually explain the birth of the star child and all of that instead you just saw this like old man in a hotel and- <laughs> <art movie crap. laughs> oh, yeah it was just, and then and then a scene that was mostly used for people to get high to acid with <laughs> um which was you know like the first laser light show basically so if you read the book you realize what was actually going on what 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 huge events were in in motion throughout the whole story how things tied together you know what was going on with Hal. it's just it's just you just really need to read the book to understand it and it's way more fascinating to watch the movie after you've read the book because then you have this context yeah and i just i just can't imagine understanding the movie without reading it so uh, to continue along things that come from movies (laughs) um starship troopers the actual book by robert Heinlein, is really cool um it's a lot different from the from the movie cheese obviously. Ball. Although that movie I love the movie. I can't ever turn it off, you <laughs> know, but it is a cheese ball movie, I mean. Yeah. What's what's that main actor done since? Very like Starship Troopers I think 2 and 3. Tarzan at some point. Oh yeah, Tarzan, yeah. Yeah. Um and then then so you know some of those are I mean Heinlein, Arthur C. Clarke, Frank Herbert, um, got to mention Isaac Asimov. So for really dry reading but Cerebral reading that's Interesting I would say read the Foundation trilogy the first foundation Trilogy fascinating stuff It gets all into logic and Parsing words from politicians and Finding out that everything they say is equally Balanced <laughs> So it's its not really yes or no It's more like maybe um, <laughs> And that that's interesting especially After a big election year um, And then for kind of a Radical departure from the, the Classic Fathers of Science Fiction um, Piers Anthony before The Xanth series the tongue In cheek pun filled Fantasy romp he actually Wrote this really crazy post Apocalyptic book with a Lesser known publisher I think called So's the Rope and I think there's three books In the series and I think you can get them All in one book um, And I got I found the first One at some Terrible smelling used Bookstore that <laughs> it's the, the guy that ran it smoked these pipes with this. Just, uh, it was this, this every, that was books I think still smell because they sat on that. I must've sat on that shelf for 15 years before I actually went and bought them. Yeah. But, um, it's crazy. It's this crazy post-apocalyptic setting that's, you know, right out of uh, what's the, um, Mad Max. Yeah. Mad Max series or, or even, um, yeah, any, any, any classic, post-apocalyptic scene I guess These they have these like huge battles in the book and he gets into all the tactics and all the wh- the use of the weapons and be- these people are kind of named for their weapons so so is the rope he's good with a rope that's his weapon I th- as I recall so I've, I read it years ago it really just I don't know it struck me it was really I read it right after the I guess Beyond Thunderdome was out but then I had gone back and watched the first two Mad Max movies and I was like oh that's mm-hmm. kind of a cool world and I was playing like some crazy bulletin board door game called like Wasteland or something, something predating that. I don't remember. And I was like, wow, this is a fleshed out view of a post-apocalyptic world. So that's interesting. And then after Xanthi wrote this bio of a space tyrant series. And the first book is called Refugee. And I thought it was pretty interesting. It explained the motivations for how a tyrant is born in, in, you know, he's like the, I don't know, like an anti-Captain Kirk almost, but very similar in some ways. Um, so those are a couple of interesting but obscure books I think another one that's really obscure is The Dueling Machine by Ben Bova which has a lot of the concepts that made The Matrix movie but was written like 20, 30 years before it it's really fascinating Ben Bova was like the main editor for Omni Magazine which was like a huge sci-fi magazine back in the I think late 70s, early 80s um, it's a pretty cool book And then some of the newer stuff that's out, um, there's one particular series that I like, it's called Hominids. Um, I think it's from the Neanderthal... What is it? Paradox or something like that. It's by Robert J. Sawyer and the whole whole gist of the story is that there's an alternate reality and in that reality the Neanderthals became the predominant species and exterminated all of the Cro-Magnons. And so or humans as we call ourselves and so they're the dominant life form on this planet and something happens with a a scientific experiment which causes a rift to be opened up between the two worlds and so these these incredibly tech-savvy Neanderthals emerge into some underground vault in canada in our universe and it's this whole species meet species well, species cool. figures out like it doesn't take long before they, they're they able to communicate because the neanderthals are actually ahead of us on the technological curve and um slightly and i guess we're i guess there's just two different directions our technology has gone but they, you know, the Neanderthals quickly figure out that they're in a universe where their kind was exterminated, and we figure out that on their side we were exterminated, and yet they kind of start to get along and start to set up an ambassadorship, and 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 there's like a there's like a love story between a Neanderthal and a human woman, and it's it's pretty crazy, yeah. and it's it's just interesting to kind of think about it, and they they get into like all this crazy. Like, the Neanderthals' culture is just totally different. They've remained a hunter-gatherer society. They never did the agriculture thing. And so, like, they when they eat, like, in our universe, like, a cheeseburger is disgusting to them only because of the cheese, which is, like, a you know, based on agriculture and the bun. So they'll just take the, the meat patty and eat that and think that's pretty good. And they like, you know, their fruits and stuff. And so... It's 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 really kind of an interesting story. It's a there's a three part trilogy to it, and then finally, it's not really science fiction, but it's so far out there it feels like it. There's a book called The Singularity, which I've probably spoken about by Ray Kurzweil, who's like a very predominant futurist on several think tanks and panels. And, you know, part of the U.S. Um, military advisory board and, and part of I mean, he hangs out with guys like Bill Gates and stuff, and he's got this this timeline he's developed by which um, mankind will transcend our humanity through technology. Basically, says we're in the final stage of our evolution, and it's an, it's an artificial evolution because we're going to eventually become machines, and you know, artificial intelligence will be able to upload ourselves. It's all this crazy stuff. It's almost so so weird. It, I almost classify it as sci-fi. It's pretty crazy. It's it's an interesting read and I don't know, I've I've enjoyed the book, so that
0: I guess that's Mark's
1: crazy book corner. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And the only books I, I haven't read a lot of sci fi, but I've been I've had recommendations of course from Mark and Jason. The only series that I can speak of and only by recommendation, and maybe you've read all of these are the Rama Books by Clark oh, yeah. and also the hype Perion novels by like Dan, Dan Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. I was um, going to mention that.
1: Mm, I'm glad. Did you like that? The whole. I haven't read them. Oh, I've you... just been
0: recommended to read them, but oh. I haven't gotten to it. So I just know that's a, a sci-fi novel series that's supposed to be very good. Yeah. But I can't speak to it. If any of our listeners slash readers yeah. <laughs> have recommendations or want to chime in, send in an email of your own. Or leave notes in the show comments over on www.channelmassive.com. And let Adam know what you think and let us know what you think. Maybe you've got some more stuff that we can read more source material. We're true up for lore.
1: That. True true lore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's get into the Twig. twig. It's time for the weekend Gaming!
1: Do, do, do. Do, do, do. That doesn't sound nearly the same without Jason... S-
0: squealing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's time for the weekend Gaming! Yeah. Just in case there's anybody out there who is missing that
1: we've, moment. We've attempted to reconstruct it yeah. from the...
0: We're no Jason. He has the special vocal skills. He has uh, modified his vocal cords
1: through a... Series of chewing snuff and drinking Corona.
0: Well, besides that, he has a platinum mic.
1: And he has a platinum mic. You mustn't forget that. Still doesn't have the Jonathan Davis chrome female mic stand. <laughs>
0: that's true. <laughs> which, no, that's just incredible. So first up, we're going to talk about EVE, a game we seldomly get a chance to talk about.
1: Yes. They apparently have fessed up to a huge exploit that accounts for... Basic to,
0: how much? 2 to 3 million? or
1: three, 2 to 3 billion isk. ISK or 35% of all of the oh, I forget what kind of ore
0: it is I should have that um, 2.5 and between 2.5 and 3 trillion ISK Oh gosh. Now the CCP won't say yeah that's an accurate value because they can only confirm that this exploit existed as recently as March they know that it existed before that, but they don't know when. But the scuttlebutt says it's been around for potentially four years.
1: Yeah, and there's a post by a guy who claims and kind of explains what it is, and he says it's been around for four years. And
0: Yeah, and so basically to summarize this, again, as Eve novices or neophytes, what it involves is building a resource-harvesting thing on a moon?
1: Or... I guess it orbits moons or
0: something. I don't yeah, know. Some kind of moon mining Mining
1: harvester thing. Where it doesn't have to be
0: completed. Before
1: it starts fully...
0: Um, Fully functional. So
1: like the silos. Like they, they tried it the first day and they were frustrated and it wasn't completed. And then they came and were going to start on it the second day and noticed that all their silos were completely full.
0: Which is de- yeah.
1: definitely an exploit.
0: In a nutshell, it gathered way too many resources way too quickly.
1: Yeah. And they were happy to sell those resources and they said that it accounted for well not they, the um economist, Doctor Eojig. <laughs> um he he claims that it was thirty five percent of the Faragel
0: market. Which is a resource in Eve.
1: And they say that if you've got a T two item that's most likely where it came from. So uh
0: that's pretty huge. I mean and it's up to the gaming populated student government of Eve. The <laughs> student government. <laughs> to determine what to
1: do. But first, they had to elect a class president. And that, <laughs> as, as always, involved bloodshed, backstabbing, and <laughs> lies.
0: But the good news is, from the technical s- standpoint, this issue has been patched and it no longer exists on the developer side. But I guess they feel that there's nothing else they need to do about it and they're going to put the burden upon the. Yeah, I don't know what the official title is, but Student Government. <laughs> Council the Council of Stellar Management, which okay. they manage stellarly. So, game players that are the this hardest core of the hardcore. Yes, and go Eve. to
1: Iceland to meet. And
0: yeah, and that, you know, that makes sense because they're so invested in it, and they're, it's cool that they're being empowered to make major game design decisions. It's kind of surprising to me. I think that the onus should really be upon the game developers. Yeah. Source of this problem, they should be proactively suggesting the solutions, not just patching it. Yeah, but you know how where Eve is a complex universe unto itself, and understanding where the political and power boundaries in terms of determining where the game goes is probably very delicate. you know they the developers are probably or the publishers is are paranoid about doing something that could evaporate yeah the subscriber base of one of the longest running MMOs out there.
1: And what's interesting
0: is I you know we read
1: about this on massively, who did a good write up on it. Reading through the comments and, and just thinking through it, it seems like whenever sh- stuff like this comes to light, it it brings in additional players because they're like, this game has so much intrigue and and so much, you know, there's there's so many crazy things going on in this yeah. world, this dark, shadowy world that's perhaps the last bastion of truly hardcore MMO. Spreadsheet gaming, MMO. Spreadsheeting. Um, spreadsheeting. <laughs> You know, it, attra- it seems like every time this happens, it attracts users. Like the guy that had the virtual hedge fund that he was running, mm. that turned out to be totally fake, which has just recently been recently been mirrored in our own news. Yeah, with the the guy that's in um, big big trouble. Yeah, um, <laughs> all those charity charitable organizations now bankrupt and. You know, but, you know, it happened in EVE and people got interested in it there. They got, you know, they've been interested in all the huge corporation
0: battles, you know, that you hear about. It's that that whole, any bad publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's definitely a better marketing scheme than, you like your one copy of the game? Buy Buy a second one,
1: play two at once. Which I've I've listened to Darren from the Common Sense Gamer explains, like, what you would do with that. Basically, you, you would use one account to mine and another one to defend your mining operation from people who are swooping in and stealing your ore, your lucky charms, so to speak. <laughs> Which then, you know, it's like, well, then what does that lead to, someone who has four or five or whatever? It'd be like th- I the other day in WoW, I ran into a five identically dressed level 72 shammies um and I was like, and when one would move, they would all move. It was freaky. It looked like it looked like that crazy Galaga game for the Xbox, you know. They were like <laughs> mirrors of each other, like a trail, right? Yeah. And I asked him, I said, Are you like multi boxing or something? And he goes, Oh yeah. I go, Well, what's your network setup? Like, you know, I was just he he was Curious happy to tell me. And he only uses like one program, um, I think it's called like i, I forget, it's like a key doubler or something like that. And he runs all five on one big monitor on Wow. Is one computer because the WoW th- clients you know light enough you can actually yeah. pull that off and uh yeah he was multi-boxing with five of these chamois and I guess he'd done the whole battlegrounds thing with them because they all had an arena it looked like they had like decked out armor from the level 70 stuff
0: but it's just so kind of creepy.
1: Yeah, but can you imagine that in Eve like you're like, "Alright, my mining operation has grown. Now I'll need 5 f- 5 vessels for mining and 10 to defend <laughs> them." That's 15 accounts that I'll need, you know, and then like eventually, <laughs> like slowly but surely your room where you're running all this from has so much networking equipment, monitors, computers that it actually does look like a sci-fi setting, <laughs> yeah. like to the uninitiated, they'd be like, wow, you appear to be mine- running some kind of crazy mining operation. W- where is that? <laughs> is this like a government installation? Yeah, oh, no, kidding. I'm playing EVE.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so
0: anyway, that's our take on it, I guess. Um, interesting to see where it goes. I- I'm really intrigued to see if a player-controlled... Oh, gosh. A player-guided structure for an MMO... Can be successful and effective because this seriously has to be <laughs> one of the most one of the largest tests any player-driven group with any amount of power. Oh yeah, has had. Yeah, and it could be precedent-setting for other MMOs. Maybe not as major as WoW, but other small-scale MMOs could see if it might be worth having a group like this to solve game design problems, balance issues, economic issues. And also use that as a means to gain interest and Oh yeah. Make players feel like, well, if you play our game, you're really be owning the world and directing where it goes because you could have a chance to be a part of this governing body.
1: Yeah. It's it's fascinating. It's just, you know, unprecedented, I guess. True subculture. It's, yeah, it's an extreme subculture. <laughs> Flying out to Iceland and doing their VoIP meetings and Yeah. All that's crazy. So, for the last three weeks, for various reasons, we've ended up harping on the whole thing. If you're going to cancel your freaking game, could you at least make it open source? Since by the time you've done that, the technology you used is already passe. Yes, (laughs) hence your game being (laughs) uncompetitive. (laughs) Um, And it looks like that's
0: happened. Yeah. Uh. Missed. You missed Uru Online, or Uru, I don't know how to pronounce it, I apologize, developed by Cyan, has broken the bubble and can now be beset upon by all your grubby little fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because Cyan, is, Cyan had to shut down Uru live because they weren't making enough money off of it. Big surprise there. And they have funding to work on other projects, but it's small stuff like things for the iPhone slash iPod Touch. They're making a version of Mist for that. Which. Big surprise. Yeah. It's the final frontier. You're going to be
1: able to tw- slightly twist your touch, and that'll make your character turn to the left because basically their whole world is shifting. <laughs> and if you're mad at your character, you can shake it up and down violently, and they will bounce up and down on. The-
0: <laughs> so. Because they don't believe they're going to be able to get any funding anytime soon, if ever, to keep working on Uru Live, and because there are so many fans who would love to still be working on developing, they're making it open source. And there's an official post explaining all of this over on mistonline.com. My favorite paragraph says, "This is a bit scary for Cyan because this is an area that we have never gone before to let a product freely roam in the wild, but we've poured so much into Uru Live and." It has touched so many that we could not just let it wither and die. I think wither's misspelled there. Um, Yeah. P.S.
1: There's some Siam. issues there with the whole "that" and with "which" and.
0: We still have hopes that someday we will be able to provide new content for Uru Live and/or work on the next Uru Live. Yeah, it is kind of scary, but. At least they're doing something productive.
1: Yeah, um, Jim has announced in a related story that he's planning on turning it into the world's most advanced cybersex platform ever. <laughs> M- meanwhile, Noah and Jason and I plan to take the source code and morph it into a, the most intense PvP experience ever. Yeah. With full full realization of corpse looting and <laughs> other unspeakable acts. The bloody version of Mist. Yes. <laughs> we will call it blid... What will we call it? We will call it...
0: Blood mist, <laughs> <laughs> or a mist of blood. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> if any of our listeners have creative ideas of what should happen next with Uru, send it to mail at channelmassive dot com. M A I L.
1: M A I L. We think it's a great idea because the art assets, if anything, are, have got to be incredible. Yeah, I mean, even if you just stole all of their textures. If nothing else, I mean, you can look at the screenshots and you know, you know what Miss looks like. I mean, it's there's going to be some pretty good assets there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, if
1: they just released the code and none of the art assets, well, there should be much That's crying. Something <laughs> else entirely. <laughs> I think we need to defer to your Apollo Justice Ace Attorney experience for this one.
0: <laughs> I have, there's this friend of a friend that I have who is told, submits patents all the time, he has tons of them, for random inventions and ideas that he has. And he actually hasn't formally invented anything. <laughs> and after seeing this story, I have a good hunch that this is representative of what he's all about people who submit patents just so in the future they'll have the chance to sue somebody in case somebody else actually has the wherewithal, the resources, and the thought to take that idea to fruition and start making it turn into a money-generating business. There are folks at a place called World.com who have two very key patents, one that was filed in 1996 and one that was filed in 2000. As with anything that's submitted to a patent office... It takes many years before the patent's actually granted. So the 1996 one wasn't granted until 2001, and the 2001 wasn't granted until 2007. Now that they're in place, World.com is in a key position to potentially sue the pants off of every MMO out there that exists as we currently understand it. In a nutshell, the 96 patents is for, quote, Scalable Virtual World Client Server Chat System, and the 2000 patent is for, quote, System and Method for Enabling Users to Interact in a Virtual Space. Gleefully, the guy from World, the, the World's CEO says, We are pleased to have the expertise and IP experience of General Patent and Learner David to enforce World's patent portfolio. <laughs> As the number of virtual worlds and MMORGs continues to grow worlds has seen the space we pioneered in 1995 validated and techniques and methodologies we believe are defined in our patents evil slimy folks we're just here to try to mooch off of other companies success and as the article that breaks us down over massively explains there are two paths that the evil worlds.com people evil or savvy I you, I guess technically you could call it either way. America thrives off of these types of shenanigans. But there's two ways they can go. They can try to take on all the major MMO publishers at once and try to get tons of out-of-court settlements, one after another, like Domino's, or can take on a, a much lesser MMO with not without a lot of funds to provide a big legal defense, beat them in court, and then by trouncing that small MMO, the company has a... Near rock solid precedent established, with which it can attack all the bigger ones, and pretty much get a slam dunk victory.
1: Man, yeah, no, that is just the slime. The slime is dripping off the articles as I read them.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, if there's anyone who would be well equipped to to argue this, it'd be Blizzard.
1: Yeah, with their
0: fleet of lawyers, <laughs>
1: their horde, yeah. their own horde, personal horde of. <laughs>
0: Throwing plague bombs,
1: yeah, throwing plague <laughs>
0: bombs. Boiler. <laughs> <laughs> so, I we don't know where this is going to go. This is just recently developed. Obviously, the uh, the last year since that pat- that latter patent's been granted, many machinations have been putting into place. I've never even heard of Worlds.com. Have of you.
1: N- no, but the, their principles and and skills and designs uh, surely are what has you know helped out. Such games as EverQuest. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that EverQuest and um, Ultima Online and Asheron's Call all clearly violated the patents. By I mean, I'm sure they infringed on their technology
0: immensely. In slash sarcasm. Yeah, and uh, there were virtual worlds. There was one that I can think of that was by Sierra. It was kind of in the vein of Second Life. Yeah, much more primitive version. I think it was called The Realm or something like that. That exi- that I'm pretty sure existed around this time period. And if anybody could have filed a patent, oh, yeah, it could there have been was, them. Yeah, there
1: were there were there were definitely MMOs before this and there were MUDs way before this. It would be interesting to see what Bartle says. Yeah. I haven't checked his blog, but um you know, I'm sure he would be like, yeah,
0: It's just asinine. It's like patenting something as basic as food. You know, it's not a revolutionary concept here that's being that was patented. But on the other hand, the legal system is kind of like first come, first serve. Yeah. If you claim it, you got it.
1: What's this cool Latin phrase? Equity aids the vigilant, not those who slumber on their rights (laughs) included in the (laughs) the massive league article.
0: That's great.
1: I don't know, man. at, you know there's recently been the whole um SCO versus Linux thing versus all Unix actually and it looks like that's just a total n- non-issue it looks like it's not gonna nothing's gonna happen and you know basically these guys for the last 10 years or so have been waging this battle thinking that they were gonna cash in on what was basically a, a lie yeah and now it's You know, it wasn't a patent, but it was some other things. They said that Linux stole source code that they had acquired the rights to somehow, and blah, 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 blah. Doesn't look like it's going to happen, but it's angered so many people and wasted countless resources, and,
0: you know, I just hope that they're all... And crap like this happens all the time. I mean, the most recent non-gaming example that I've heard is Joe Satriani, who I think we might have mentioned before, is suing Coldplay... We're apparently copying the melody of some 2004 song of his that was hugely unsuccessful. La Vida song. But when you play, have you heard the one where they play the two over each other? No, I haven't. Actually, heard the comparison. Is it pretty similar?
1: It's like they were meant to be together because, like, they're you know they do the vocals and he does the solo, and they just mesh together like perfectly. It's like the same, you know. Obviously, somebody did some time stretching or shrinking to line them up, you know, time wise. Yeah, but it it just is like. You're like, wow, that's incredible, but there, you know, it's like, it's like, well, could you, could you, patent a, a three chord blues progression? I mean, if you, if you wanted to, you could take like, pretty much anything by, any, any of the great blues guys, and say, oh, you ripped me off on this, you ripped me off on that, and it's like, you know, you, there are only so many arrangements of notes that <laughs> appeal yeah. to us to, you know. But it it is really funny. If you get a chance, Google the Satriani Coldplay matchup or whatever. It's yeah. just hilarious.
0: That's great. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Let's see what Blizzard does. Hopefully Blizzard squashes these people. That's what I'd love to see.
1: Yes. fresh, Freshly invigorating from Crushing Wild Glider. Yeah. Maybe they'll go destroy these patents.
0: set up pleasure in silence. We got all we need journey out of the tin camp and about the rai of the curve listen to the noise on the battery tape deck a Judas train wreck as Jason put it, Wizard 101's about to get all hardcore PvP on your yourwey ass. no more care bearings hair <laughs> cubs. So you're going to be you better be careful about those spell cards that you play during battle during your turn-based battle scenarios. Mm. Yes, if you, according to the uh, the director of Wizard 101, Todd Coleman, he says if you prefer questing or mini-games, great. You never have to duel another player. But families and a lot of core gamers that are playing Wizard 101 too, are going to have a great time competing against other players in the Wizard Arena. So the implementation is basically the way that dueling was implemented in City of Heroes, where you go to a special spot, and you can have two teams of up to four wizards fight each other and cast spells by playing cards.
1: Mm. Reminds me of a certain Magic: The Gathering game. Yeah, I'd that like we will we your... will call Magic: The Gathering for lack of a better secret code. One o one. One o one. Wow. And they were launching it this week. Yeah. And they can get to the arena from any world. Wow. You can go to such worlds as Mushu, Marleybone, what a stupid name Marleybone is, and and Crocotopia.
0: Interesting. I like how it says, uh, the game is turn-based. All dueling in the game is turn-based, so the victory is more about strategy and deck-building rather than button mashing or internet connection speed. I know there's been times when I've been playing Warhammer PVP experiences and I'd wished that <laughs> I had better skills. Better tactical All this circle or, strafing bull crap. Yeah. You're on a laptop that's sitting on your lap and trying to, like Well, you're the only one I know out. can play
1: like that. Anyway. <laughs> but you need to you need a you need a, you need a, you need a you need a diamond back gaming mouse. That Yeah, that might help. It's which is great for gaming, but horrible for, like, Photoshop. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's figure. like, you, you, if you sneeze, it's like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yanks across the screen. Yeah.
1: My f- favorite part of this story, I mean, they it basically they talk about practice duels, which are non-ranked, and sanctioned duels, which are ranked, and how um, you're going to be able to um, get awarded... You know, in-game gold winnings are split between the team members and all this fun stuff. But the best part is kind of the disclaimer at the end, which is, Wizard 101 contains no blood, and characters don't die if they're defeated in a duel of spells. They simply go to a safe area in the game to regain health. The (laughs) game was recently awarded a 2008 blah 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 blah. I
0: just like the visual of these little crumpled child wizards. Crawling into a dark corner uh, I've been, to recover. Yeah, I've been beaten down.
1: No, stop! Motion. No
0: more playing cards leveled against me. I'm going to go hide in this corner. And,
1: and while they've put that mechanic ready. in the game, this won't prevent it from spilling into the playground with pure bloodshed. You know <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Little Timmy's going to get ganked in real life, right yeah. as he was about to go down the hurricane slide.
0: Because just, he spent so much time being strategic and yeah, building his, his deck. Yeah, because he had his
1: super deck. Because he was was one of the ones who had the unlimited fundage of his parents' credit card that they (laughs) forgot to put restraints on. And uh, using the microtransaction system, he'll be able to build this super deck, but it won't matter when little Timmy meets cold, harsh reality of the neighborhood bully and gets a... (laughs) at the end. Good luck, little Timmy. Your time is about to draw to an end. Until the philosophy which old one race superior and another Inferior Is finally And permanently Discredited
0: And abandoned Everywhere is war I in. I'll start
1: <laughs> recording, but you, you do the talking. <laughs> I'm like, Oops. okay, take it
0: away, Mark. You're uh, going to start this story. You know I'm incompetent. <laughs> Many of you may be familiar with the New York governor who recently was lampooned over on Saturday Night Live for his blindness, his visual handicap. Well, he's now making news for another reason that may end up being ridiculed as as well. New York State has a $15.4 billion budget cap, and that's before any dramatic sweep-ins from Obama's administration, which could potentially... That's also been talked about a lot. A lot of states are going to be competing for a huge bailout that may develop. Well, New York's getting proactive. They want to have a bunch of more taxes. And as far as MMOs are concerned, and this would be only New York residents, all downloadable content would be subjected to a tax. Should this tax actually be implemented, of course. It's not something that's set in stone. But anything, whether you're buying songs on iTunes, or buying horse armor in Oblivion, or buying oh. songs in Rock Band, forbidden Oblivion mm-hmm. horse armor, would be subjected to a several cent tax. This this impacts Jason greatly. It does, because he's a huge yeah. digital content connoisseur. Well, I guess it's good he's not living in New York. Yeah. And this story was a great find, because over on CNN, I was reading about a different tax that was also lumped together in these 88 new fees, being proposed by Governor Patterson. And that is he wants to have a tax also on all sodas and any sugar drinks, including juices that aren't, or fruit drinks that aren't at least 70% fruit juice. So unless it's diet, it will be taxed. And the reason why isn't so, it's, it's definitely tied into this budget issue, but Patterson put the soda tax under the umbrella of saving today's children. Because in the past, in the 50s and going forward, cigarettes were the biggest threat to every of the nation's health, and apparently three-quarters of all men were smoking cigarettes and addicted to it from some random magazine or statistic <laughs> in the 50s. And now, as we all well know, obesity is a very large threat for children. And the belief is if we start putting a bunch of taxes on soda the way that cigarettes were taxed out the yin-yang, that a lot of less people will be buying sugared sodas. They'll all be buying diet sodas or something else altogether. And obesity will be curtailed. Wow. Well, thank
1: God that all obesity will be destroyed.
0: <laughs> but if you use that same mentality, I wonder, would attacks have an impact on the success or the sales of downloadable content? And should downloadable content be taxed the way that every other real-world tangible good is?
1: Yeah, I know. It's like, it's it's... You know, when people started getting all excited about Amazon.com and everything because they could mail order things and...
0: Not you know, pay tax.
1: Yeah, suddenly mail order was easy as opposed to you'd rummage to a magazine and find some crazy thing in the back and go with some fly-by-night company. But when you <laughs> yeah. went with, like, you know, Amazon <laughs> or Barnes & Noble online or whatever, yeah, you know, you felt like, wow, you know, this is a pretty good deal. So the internet, the whole internet thing was like a crazy wow i don't have to pay taxes and i get it in four days you know as opposed to i could just drive over and have it yeah if assuming it's not some rare item that yeah yeah um but this thing is like i don't think it should be taxable it's kind of how are you going to enforce it i mean how do you know how do they even know uh, how do you get with how do you how do you collect it who do you collect it from do you well, there'd just be a law
0: that they apply to all the merchandisers
1: but the merchandisers like how do they know they sold it to a new yorker i mean if they're or because pers-
0: usually you have to provide your credit card information your your address but i mean like but if you use a game card that might be
1: but if they weren't in new york at the time is it just you're still gonna have to pay because your credit card is registered with a new york
0: address potentially i mean that's how amazon worked it was tax free for everybody except for residents within the state that the company was based. Right. Yeah, and that's a common thing. So if your state, if your your address of residence is wherever the tax is implemented, then you play you pay the state taxes that are due there yeah. for all of your transactions. It's just screwed. The
1: the soft drink thing though. I hate it when people tax stuff they don't like, like cigarettes. Not that I smoke or anything, but, yeah. well, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe full tax <laughs> a day. But <laughs> whatever. That's how I got my sexy voice. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, you, you, you get a tax because it's something you don't approve of. So it's, in this case, artificially f- sweetened beverages yeah. are the root of all evil. Even though there are other surveys that we were talking about in between that say that People who drink diet pop are more
0: prone to obesity than people who drink non-diet pop. Yeah, another stat that was put out by Patterson's crew, or or it was correlated to the story that I read in CNN, was that for adults, I mean, not just talking about kids, each can of regular soda that an adult consumes in a day increases his or her chance of becoming obese or increases obesity likelihood by 60%. Each, Each one... So now it think take of long all to, those get to double gulps that you had, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Sixty-four no. ounce Mountain Dew. Look what it's done for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my head looks like a jack o' lantern. It's okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not true. <laughs> <laughs> with my my bangs. Yeah, with the bangs. It, yeah, yeah. Um. It, it it makes them more proportional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I wear I wear I wear shorts and really oversized
0: clothes to to mask my. <laughs> And dyeing your bangs different colors helps distract from the whole shape issue. That's true, yeah. <laughs> eyes on the bangs, eyes on the bangs. Eyes on the bangs, look at the bangs.
1: <laughs> with the mayonnaise, the mayonnaise-reinforced bangs. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know, I just, I've always found it to be kind of a weird thing. Like, I disapprove of this, therefore I shall tax it with the holy righteousness that is the... Because, you know, when we were talking about, like, the shit that's in Mountain Dew, like, I think a lot of the bad stuff that's in Mountain Dew is in diet Mountain
0: Dew. Oh yeah, the brominated S- vegetable oils. Yeah, in the either way. Suspended partially suspended caffeine's in it either way. Yeah, so it's like well
1: what where's your moral high
0: ground there? You know, I and mean if it's taxed, you're not going to buy it. Yeah. Ever. Not, ever. You'll just learn to not like the Starbucks count. I mean, that's got a lot of artificial. But Starbucks is coffee. Is it sacred? It's taxed because you don't buy. it. Well, actually you could buy it from a vending machine.
1: Yeah, there's all those Starbucks drinks. I guess I don't know. It's I guess we're slowly spiraling away from anything MMO related. <laughs> relevant
0: but, to MMOs. It just seems sorry.
1: It just seems like incredibly lame to tax the crap out of that stuff
0: uh, to me. And downloadable content that would really stink because that's one of the things that really helped downloadable content take off is that the prices were a lot more affordable when you weren't paying for all the packaged materials. Yeah. All of the stuff that was necessary to distribute it and as a tangible good, and we all know too that taxing something to
1: get rid of a habit you don't like doesn't work. The people will still get their cigarettes, they'll still get their pop, they'll just starve their children, or they'll, you know, <laughs> the wife won't get to do whatever she's used Damn to do. And Jason
0: will still buy his rock band songs. He will still, no matter how, will, how, much, how much you they, tax them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't let us be con. Don't let us confuse you or be misconstrued. We're not saying that Patterson's taxing downloadable content because he thinks that's bad and that's evil as well. There's there's two different things we're talking about taxing. For this case, they're both really about just getting money into film the yeah. budget. Yeah. And they're, what I will have to say is I do applaud them for being creative.
1: Oh, it's creative. Yeah. It's, it's unique ideas. Like we don't need your bailout. Yeah. Although Channel Massive has applied for a bailout. Um, and we're hoping for a special session of Congress. Because <laughs> in this tough economy we're Write not sure. Write your
0: congressman and yeah. tell them to support the channel support. massive bailout initiative.
1: Yeah, if we just, you know, God help us if we had to file chapter 11 like every other business that fails.
0: <laughs> yeah. No I mean, pity. that would
1: just be horrible to not be indebted to our creditors anymore to be able to restructure our union agreements. <laughs> I mean, it'd be it'd be hell, but Yeah. But yeah, we're hoping because we're we're trying to avoid having to negotiate with Jim. If you're in another be a country, tough bargaining. oh yeah, he's tough. That union <laughs> leader, he's our union leader problem. That's that's why we don't have him on the regular show anymore. We've just things just got too <laughs> difficult. But if you're another in another country, just lobby. I guess it'd be Hillary Clinton would be the one you'd want to talk to. Um, <laughs> sec, you know, she's
0: Secretary of State. Yeah. Yeah, Secretary of State. She's
1: our top <laughs> ranking diplomat. Just threaten to invade unless. Channel Massive is uh given a bailout because with our resources stretched as thin as they are, yeah. we'd probably be, you know, pretty likely to, <laughs> to do something. We could they could make a deal and we only need we're not greedy like the car companies. We for, for like one billion dollars. <laughs> one billion dollars. That should be
0: sufficient for us to continue making episodes That's, into two thousand
1: nine. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, after that no guarantees. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. it's time for...
1: Blog Osteria! Osteria! Now in mono. Mm.
0: (laughs) So earlier this week I saw this story that I thought would be great to be part of Twig. And I just innocently pasted it into the Twig section of our weekly agenda. And lo and behold, when I opened the show notes for this episode... Jason created it into a blogosteria. He enhanced it. Which is always delightful. And I, I never really thought about it when I was looking at the story. I'm like, oh, this is a great thing for us to talk about. But it is ripe material for blogosteria. And it all starts over on a forum. Uh-huh. The F thirteen forum. And there are lots and lots of comments and thread posts and responses. And we're not going to try to deluge you with those, so we just pick the highlights that kind of tell this story. Is this where we make the robotic voice read them all for the audience? <laughs> <laughs> I could try that. Try uh, no, my, no, no, no. <laughs> my BrentoBot voice. Brent, Brent, that he used. Robo Brent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the best way to sum this up is an employment recruiter distinctly told, a, a, or casually told a person that he was instructed to pass on anybody that was a World of Warcraft player. From the F-13 forum post directly, it says, I met with a recruiter recently, online media industry, and in conversation I happened to mention that I'd spent way too much time in the early 2000s playing online games, which I described as, quote, the ones before World of Warcraft. In parentheses, I went nuts for EverQuest 1, Star Wars Galaxy, and the start of World of Warcraft, but since 2006 I've only put in a handful of days into MMOG playing as opposed to discussing them. I've obsessed over bicycles and cycling instead. Close parentheses. Cyclists. He replied that employers specifically instruct him not to send them World of Warcraft players. He said there's a belief that WoW players cannot give 100% because their focus is elsewhere. Their sleeping patterns are often not great, etc. I mentioned that some people have written about MMOG leadership experience as a career positive. (laughs) I think there was a Harvard Harvard study on that. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a way to learn project management skills, and he shook his head. He has been specifically asked to avoid WoW players. End of story.
1: This flies directly in the face of what's your name's groundbreaking
0: <laughs> observation, mobility, emergent sight. Emergent <laughs> <laughs> Those are our two favorite words from the top ten list. Yes, we of know. how how MMO players will
1: save the world, like much like the cheerleader.
0: Yes, so go to Ref Coster. Whose blog has been taken down for who knows what reason? It, it looks like you didn't pay for it. Yeah, maybe the hosting <laughs> bills are overdue. That's kind of sad, Raf. Come on, but thank. Thankfully, we've
1: learned a valuable lesson from the heartless gamer.
0: The internet never forgets. <laughs> so, or at least Google doesn't. No, Google's cache, <laughs> Google's cash is almighty, all-knowing, and so we were able to find a post that Raph just put a, a link to the forum, to the forum post that I just talked to you about. And the real meat of his post were all the comments that people responded with. I think these highlight a nice spectrum of the different reactions that gamers have had. What was funny is a lot of gamers were kind of in support. Mm -hmm. Over on the original F13 forum, they're like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they would say that. But everywhere else in the Logosphere, things were not quite so cut and dry. Over on RAF on his blog, the comments that were once there, they say... Here's one person. I'll consider this to be an example of arbitrary application of disparate standards. Until they include fantasy football players on this to-be-avoided list, I consider it unfair. Fantasy football players spend far too much time on company machines and using company bandwidth to manage their rosters and trades. It divides their focus up, blah, 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 blah. I totally agree with this. Mm-hmm. Because over at my... My... Real world job, <laughs> which we will not mention. No, not this time. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my entire department and the department next to it are all about every single stupid fantasy BS thing that they can get into. Whether they're making their March Madness rosters, I just got an email today about college football. Oh yeah, you got to do your
1: March Madness, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and final four. There's also been. Throughout the last few months, Final Fantasy Football, they'll, they'll stop what they're doing to meet in offices to talk about things that have been going on and they send around well, spreadsheets yeah. and all this other crap. I totally do not participate because I could give a crap mm-hmm. and have better things to do while I'm at work.
1: No, it did dominate when you played fantasy football, just That's so you know. That's
0: true. <laughs> I did actually participate once a couple years ago when, when Mark dominated. and I worked together. I put together some crappy ragtag team. I didn't even pay attention to it and like four or five weeks later I found out that I was the lead or something like yeah.
1: that. Like you never won by many points so you didn't have like the highest total points but you won all your games you know it was great. Yeah.
0: It was hilarious. Sheer sure luck I tell you. It was good. Another person said, I'll add quickly that discriminating based on the type of entertainment one enjoys sounds unconstitutional. I can imagine the Supreme Court ruling that such discrimination would have a chilling effect on First Amendment rights. Histrionic but Potentially valid. Another person says, while they're at it, how about golf? You can't have golfers. They sneak out during the day to go into the driving range. And sports fans, they spend all day, yes, playing fantasy football on the web. And water drinkers, they might lollygag about at the water cooler, having conversations or something. There is another comment actually about smokers, too, that I forgot to post. Like how most of their day is spent not anywhere near their desk. Yeah, and they uh, and it was funny, the commenter wrote about how they leave in packs, how if one of them has to go smoke, yeah. they all have to smoke, whether they just had a smoke right. or they don't really want one or not. They're like, oh, we all have to go out in a pack. I'll take another five, ten-minute break, man. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, it's valid. And someone else said, and this reminded me of an experience the Mark and I actually had at our last job. If someone is playing while at work, then yeah, they should be fired. If they're not, then it's none of your business what they spend their time doing in their non-work hours. If they meet their milestones and their other deadlines, then you have no cause for complaint other than personal prejudice. That's what discrimination is about. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah. And we actually did have an instance where Mark had to ban the pipe that was... Putting World of Warcraft into the office, right? Yeah. Or something like I, I that. I took
1: it upon myself. No one asked me to do it. I just felt it was for the good of the, the office to see that the chief architect got back to work architecting. <laughs> Instead he started a lengthy affair and well, you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look what I, you caused I mean, Mark. Yeah. You, you made him replace one addiction with another yeah.
1: dangerous behavior. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that in the end that
0: was maybe maybe more destructive. But,
1: you know, what are you gonna do?
0: Now beyond Raff's blog there is a blog called Random Battle by Cameron Sordon and he had a really nice balanced look at it and, and he really stuck up for MMO players and he believes that yeah it's still valid that if you're an MMO player you could still that doesn't mean you're going to be a bad employee and he said I the more I think about it I think that MMOs tend to reinforce personality traits that are already present rather than instilling new ones in you. I think he really hits it on the head with that statement Yeah, that, okay, maybe not all of us are inherent guild leaders or managers, or maybe we haven't had real world management experience, but what is cool about MMOs is they have they give you a chance to expose you to that type of experience. It doesn't have a one-to-one correlation. Right. But as pointed out over on a Massively article, as an officer in a rating guild, you're performing many activities on a daily basis which are directly applicable to a business environment. Conflict resolution, organizational tasks, data tracking, long-term planning, and managerial decision-making in a fast-paced and dynamic environment. You might not even think of it that way, but it's true. In case you're not seeing the parallels, I just described the following activities. Settling an argument between two guild members, planning the group composition for a raid, maintaining the DKP spreadsheet, DKP, making, <laughs> making class recruitment decisions, and giving out orders that require a change in strategy when something goes wrong during a boss fight. I can't believe he didn't
1: mention hiring and firing, you know, like the whole... Well yeah, guild leadership, guild members. I and mean, that's like a huge thing is the like some guild member goes off the goes off track and you have to punt them and it's about yeah. as harrowing as firing an employee. It really is. It really, really
0: really is. And I think as a nice little summary statement from good old Darren,
1: yeah, like common Darren.
0: sense gamer. <laughs> Honestly, I think employees should just be happy or let me start over on that, <laughs> honestly, I think employers should just be happy if a person comes into work, does their best, and doesn't end up shooting everyone at the company Christmas party <laughs> as long as they're not posting pics on MySpace of them eating kittens while being blown by a midget. Then I think that their hobby time is their own business which is my hobby time i agree but but mark you've actually you've mentioned stories before of people people who are o c d who are compulsive gamers mm-hmm. who are addicted, yeah. Who have addictive personalities they get addicted to behaviors or routines or patterns it can be anything, and games are definitely one thing that can be very detrimental, oh, yeah, I think that statement at the beginning of this blog story that m m o players could potentially be really dead tired during the work day and, and not be focused on really be rather be in Azeroth or Iboria or Warhammer or whatever because it's a lot more fun. it's a lot more interesting it's something that they're passionate about. A lot of us have to get jobs that we're not nearly as passionate or excited about. Yeah. yeah. I know that I think about gaming a lot during the the day. Yeah. (laughs) I guess,
1: you know, what I get out of this are two things. One is why do you, why do people feel compelled to put that crap on their resume in the first place? Like when did the culture shift to the point to where, you know, I mean, everybody knows it's a bad idea and Mm -hmm. somewhere instinctively, you know, you probably shouldn't list video game playing as your, passionate hobby right you should go with stamp collecting or something more more readily accepted by society unless you want to be all mavericky and get crazy (laughs) and say yeah i i'm into you know i'm a raid leader and wow most any hr person is going to look at that and go well i don't know what that means or you know then if they pass them on up and it goes to somebody you know in like a You've got, like, some kind of crazy hiring tribunal or something like that where they're going through your <laughs> Something your, your like over at EVE. Yeah, like <laughs> at EVE. You know, and they actually recognize what it is, and they're like, oh, it's some weird crazy gaming thing, you know. I mean, it's like, yeah. wh- where does that, when did that become a good idea to put that down on your resume? It's like, do you also list on your resume that, you know, your... your passionate about bundt cake making. No, people (laughs) want to know that you're, you know, probably, you know, your resume is like, a resume is half bullshit anyway. Yeah. So why not just go with something that's a little bit more acceptable and keep your hobby to yourself. And then when you get the job and you're talking to your coworkers, you know, you know, the ones you want to talk to, you can recognize the gamers you talk to them, they they need to know that, but the hiring people and the managers, they don't need to know about that. I mean, I'm not saying it's some dark secret, it's just, it's like the guys that say yeah, I didn't wear a suit to the interview which I didn't get the job for. It's like, or at least dress nicely, you know? It's a different culture company, it's like all dot-commy and shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> no! You should probably dress up for a job interview still to this day. You should yeah. probably do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some of those old school things that Still get you hired,
0: no matter how many LinkedIn yeah. contacts you might have. I think so, Cameron had, had some legitimate points about. I mean, we've actually talked about this. in an old roundtable at Channel Massive, how there's different skill sets that are required for playing an MMO versus an ar- versus an arcade or a console game. Oh yeah, reactionary versus managerial. Yeah, tactical and, versus or strategic yeah. versus tactical. And this is there's no reason that gamers should feel belittled or insecure or ashamed about their hobby. But Mark has a point that right now there's still a lot of people who are leaders of companies or of established companies that don't understand it, they don't get it. Cameron's original article over massively said, generations from now, 10 or 20 years from now, when there's just tons of gamers, there's, there's so many right now across all generations, those people will be the new leaders, seasoned leaders, and they'll be more likely to understand or know what you're talking about, potentially have respect, may be able to swap stories about it, but it's not necessarily something that you're going to list as crucial job experience. It's something that you put at the end, in an interest section, if you're even going to include yeah. an interest section, if you don't have enough r- on your,
1: if you don't have enough skills or experience to not make that a huge part of your resume, then you know God help you in this economy anyway. Yeah, right. Where your hobbies is <laughs> going to be a predominant feature or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I scored five thousand points at Munchman. <laughs>
0: Unless you're that professional gamer like that was on Survivor. Oh yeah, that, that guy.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's like I, I I've always believed that. Okay, in the in the perfect world, you have all the skills and expertise. You're already employed, and you can you can pick and choose your next job. Yeah. And then you can you can say, "Screw you! You will you will hire me, and know that I'm a I'm a guild leader, and you know you'll appreciate me for that." That's a perfect world. In the world we live in, you know, get get the job in the company that will actually employ you, because there aren't a lot of jobs right now, and then change the culture from within. You know. Be that next be a maverick. Be mavericky. You know, <laughs> be you know, subversive. Bring, bring that culture <laughs> up. You know, nourish it. Whatever. You know, find that clique of gamers if there is one, or you know, get people turned on to it or whatever. But I wouldn't try Here to pressure. go in there with a chip on my shoulder and say that you know you should recognize me for my crazy guild leader skills (laughs) does it mean that Jason shouldn't be
0: wearing his platinum mic badge everywhere he goes no I think
1: he's well deserved (laughs) we we saw the videos we saw the carnage I got a platinum mic in rock band 2 and I did the
0: 84 song set list baby yeah with a piss bucket at my side (laughs) that That shows that I know how to manage my time and my urine (laughs) that I'm not going to take bathroom breaks when I have an important job at hand yes I will I will (laughs) (laughs) I will
1: man my desk all hours if only this piss bucket and this potpourri, <laughs> I will be able to.
0: <laughs> I will be able to stay long, sustain long hours behind my keyboard. I'd be interested to hear if there are any of our listeners who interviewed for a job that's obviously not game related. You know, you're not interviewing at GameStop or at mm-hmm. a game developer or something. Yeah. Who brought up game experience of some sort and believed that that was actually a selling point for them to get their job
1: besides something
0: traditionally accepted like a pub game like golf or I mean
1: like golf or a pub game like darts or or pool or you know something if you actually brought up you know MMO game playing
0: yeah uh, and send it to mail at channelmassive.com (laughs) M-A-I-L or leave it as a voicemail channel.massive.skype or leave it in notes and www.channelmassive.com and send us a wave or and I I tangentially I can kind of say that I've previously used my experience working at Nintendo as a way to oh, yeah. mm-hmm. talk about I know how to manage a team and do the hiring and the firing and scheduling and all that stuff because it's true. I mean, it, it's related to gaming, but it's one layer removed where you're you're talking about responsibilities that are very easy to understand being applied in a job environment. Yeah, selling an employer or an HR recruiter or whoever at a job that may not know about gaming that's a whole nother beast and it's pretty tricky so if somebody's got a good story about that i'd love to hear it
1: i would too yeah that'd be fascinating and and probably is going to be a a rare find (laughs) where it had a happy ending you know yeah yeah (laughs) where you didn't just get looks of derision or ignorance or
0: or uh, you know on the other end have you actually been fired because of your compulsive gaming addiction well, that would be interesting. Yeah. Just on the other hand, maybe is there? We Mark and I are pretty sure that there's definitely truth in some cases of the story. If you actually have a, a harrowing example of how games ruined your life, however briefly,
1: yeah, either lost lost your love interest or your career, or yeah, I mean, I think we all know about the whole college class failure rate. So that yeah. that'd be a little bit. Um, I don't know, it's been done, but...
0: It's a retread. Yeah. We've heard that story.
1: <laughs> it's fairly pedestrian at this point. We want more <laughs> ruination. Yes. The next <laughs> level of achievements.
0: Impress us. Maybe yeah. we'll have a, a t-shirt to give away or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Most likely. <laughs>
0: Opera singer, I stand on painted tape. And that's a wrap for episode 72. Woo-hoo. Dynamic Duo will be leaving the
1: studio. Yes, we will be getting into our European sports cars and...
0: We'll be taking driving. holiday. We'll be going on holiday. I'll be, I'll be in the Hamptons. Where will you be uh,
1: wintering this time I'll around? I'll be in
0: Palm Springs. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Oh,
1: excellent. Well, you'll have to tell me how the golf is when you're down oh, there. Oh, yes, I intend to. Well, Buffy and I be will excellent. be... Well, it's a bit cold for yachting, but... Uh,
0: well, I know I won't be going to Vegas because it's snowing there and I don't want to be around all this dreadful snow. It's too oh, cold. Oh, those
1: people. Yeah.
0: Actually, what's happening is Christmas <laughs> and as it turns out, we did, we made an executive decision that we weren't going to record next week. Yep. So depending on how we're editing and distributing the podcast, you may not notice that or not.
1: Yes, because I've proactively allowed you a bunch of unedited this. ones to
0: accumulate. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little cache okay, of episodes yes.
1: that we're Welcome to Cash, cash Podcasting. <laughs> so we will. you may not notice
0: the gap, but... In case there is one, that's we'll, why, but we will be back on New Year's Day. We will be starting out 2009. Yeah, with a bang. Recording for your listening pleasure to make sure that Chris the Unspeakable does nothing further to ruin our country.
1: Yes, <laughs> our economy. Is the tax on our economy our most... <laughs>
0: Most effective, I must say. <laughs> yeah, Damn and Chris. any of you audio contributors, please send us some more stuff. We love that stuff. Chris or the Ween fan. <laughs> the Ween guy. <laughs> any of our
1: Muslim listeners would like to throw shoes at us feel free oh although we might not be able to dodge like Bush did yeah we do
0: not have those lightning reflexes unless there's a mouse in
1: our hand <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could totally dodge it with a totally mouse totally made some saving throws there <laughs> uh, alright well we hope you have a good holiday or you had a good holiday and we hope to hear from you mail at channelmassive.com, channel.massive.skype or <laughs> <dot> com www.channelmassive.com no 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 sugar I'm sugar pressure. too many cupcakes <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
1: yeah. and we'll see you next year